hello, hello, good people. It's time for an episode of Creatively Shaded, your destination for all things Bay Area theater and beyond, honey, where the dish is served and the tea is hot. So let's join our hosts, Bay Area Black artists, Elizabeth Jones, Phaedra Tillery Belton, Sean J. West. Come peek behind the curtain. What up, what up? Welcome back. It's 2024. 2024. Creatively Shaded is back. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, y'all. So before we dive in, as we do, and do all our things that we do, uh, we want to take a moment to thank Jaquetta Farrar. Jaquetta was our fourth co-host. She's now in L.A. attending school. And we'll be stepping away from the show to focus on her studies and this thing called life. Mm, yes. uh, we want to thank her for her work on the show and helping us get to where we are today. We yes. could not have done it without you. So, so much love for you. So thanks ever so for everything. And we wish you, girl, all the best. Yes, Kill we do. Thank you, Tilly. Yes. Do your thing. Yes. All right, so listen, we are back and we are happy to be here. So let's just first of all say Happy New Year to all of y'all. Happy New Year. Year. We hope that you walked into this new year with new energy, um, new things that you want to be a part of, new shows you want to see, auditions you're getting ready for. We can't wait to dish it all and talk about it with y'all. Yes. (laughs) So one of the first things that we want to do is that your creatively shaded team, you know, we doing things, you know, uh-huh. we got some equipment, we upgraded ourselves. Thanks be to God. Praise. <laughs> so we got together and we decided we wanted to make and share with you all our intentions for the year. Mm-hmm. Our, one of our intentions is we really want to make sure that we're doing our very best to be truthful to ourselves mm-hmm. and to our community as black people absolutely <laughs> you got the, i don't know why i laughed james you want to cut that no, we keep it everything, yes. everything. <laughs> all right so we're going to make sure that we also want to partner with theater organizations and building audience and talent opportunities we want to inform and guide talent on the craft and profession. We want to make sure that we're always figuring out and being in conversation how to create a safe space for Black creatives, mm-hmm. helping to support, guide uh, with companies and directors. Mm. How to grow an audience? Because y'all know we don't be all up in the seats. No, it still be white. I mean, other people in you the seats. You said what you said. White. It is. It's, it's a very white audiences. Absolutely. Yeah. So we want to help change that. Absolutely. So we have set some pretty lofty goals for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, the more that we're here, uh, we're going to continue to grow as we've been doing. And mm-hmm. we just want to thank you so much for rocking with us. We just really love y'all's support. And it feels really wonderful to know that we are really making an impact in our community. <laughs> grow and show. <laughs> All right. So... Here's our first segment. You roll through like that? Like that? Like that. Child. Audition etiquette. Horrors and tips, honey. So listen, don't come to my audition not ready, right? Like, if you're auditioning for a specific role that you want, how about you come in looking like the role you want? Make it easy for me, right? Okay. No? I don't know. Um, I think... 
I don't want us to get off topic because this is audition etiquette, but I think for me, it depends on the part, right? I, I've seen actors come in and they've dressed so I, back in the day, okay, okay. West Side Story. Yes. And an actor came in and she dressed exactly like Maria. Okay. White dress. The whole thing. The whole thing. And it was just sort of like, it was a little off-putting because... Really? And I, I wasn't directing, so I was just a, 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 an ensemble. Okay, okay, okay. But it, just, it seemed a little weird because... To the audition? To the audition. Okay. She was in full costume. I'm okay oh. with that. But I couldn't see her. Like So basically, here, here's the challenge for me as a director. Mm-hmm. If you come in for a specific type role mm-hmm. and you've costumed yourself like that, mm-hmm. I can't see you in any other part. Mm-hmm. Right? So you've narrowed my vision. And, and, and you may not even be right for that part. And now you've eliminated the opportunities of being considered for another. Okay, so I'm sorry. Don't be I sorry. want you to come ready for a callback. Maybe that's what I need to be more clear about. Oh, okay. So when you're coming okay. back, when you're coming, you've called back for this specific role. Okay. I want to see how you're going to look in that role. So okay. I get auditions, maybe not, maybe be, you know, as as sterile. I mean, not sterile. What do you want to, what's the word you want to be? Like as, uh, a blank slate. Like, as a blank slate. Blank slate as possible. I agree with that. Yeah. But when you come to callbacks and I've specifically called you back for a specific role, don't. If you're supposed to be a, a, a clean cut guy, I don't need you with scrubs and your hair not done and the whole thing, right? Like, I want you to be dressed for success. The yeah? challenge with that is that most actors are not going to shave their, themselves if they don't have the part yet. Okay. But line it up. Like, what? <laughs> line it up. What do you call it? Uh, put some, some moisturizer, some pomade yeah. or something. You know, like, give me something. Don't just come in off the street because if I want to see you as this clean-cut guy, it's hard. Not that I can't imagine it, but if I don't know you, I'm not constantly, during the audition, I'm not constantly looking down at your photo and be like, yes, he can... He can look like that again, but I want to, I do want to see you like that at the callback. But there are ways to accomplish that without having to do all that, right? So you do a, a nice little polo, some slack, and that's clean cut. And then, like, if you have dreads, just pull, them back, pull them back, put some little uh, edge control. You right. see, I got so there's a way to do that. So, so I think <laughs> we, we got, use edge control. We got way out of exactly. But etiquette wise, yeah. you know, I think it's showing up on time and not yeah. even on time, be early. 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 Because there's always paperwork. Generally, to fill out the sites to look at, and also sometimes we will pair you with folks who put yeah. you in groupings. And if you show up like two minutes before your call time, it, it's a lot of order. It's it's a little bit challenging. <laughs> yeah, and and I'll keep it real that sometimes I will look at that and go, oh, so we were a last priority, or. It's one of those things that you got so much on your plate. Yeah. How am I going to fit into that? That's true. So it's. Well, you can't choose from the end. Bay Area traffic is not forgiven. Yeah. So sometimes I'd be wanting to be early, but end up being later than I ever expected to be. But I will communicate mm-hmm. the entire time. Like, hey, yeah. I'm stuck in traffic. Hey, here's my ETA. Because I do need you to know that you are important. And yes, I may be booked and busy. But I'm going to find time to do right. this show and, and I'm going to make sure that it's that's a priority key. for me. So, yeah, yeah. Communi- always communicate. And then also, can I just say this? Yeah. Do not get inside your head in that audition room. Oh, yeah. That's a hard one. And, no, it's not. It's not. I'm learning that it's not because... But we, how long did it take you to learn that? Oh, it took me a while, but that's why I'm giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it to you now so you don't have to suffer as long as I did, right? <laughs> When you go in there, the, every director has a different vision. Yeah. 
And and don't get in your head about your performance. I mean, go, first of all, go in there with your head held high and ready to audition. Yes. Now, if you go in there and you wasn't ready and prepared, then you should feel like shit <laughs> on your way home. But if you prepared yourself, then don't get in there and let your head get you yeah. out of your preparedness. Really be proud of what you do. Mm-hmm. Really go in there with a good energy, positive energy. Even if you've waited a long time, don't get in there with an attitude or feel like nobody's checking for you because you've been waiting. Right. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a big puzzle at auditions. Huge. Um, and I'm learning this more and more as I'm, I'm directing, but it's a huge puzzle. And so people get in their heads and they get in their room and you're like, man, why you didn't show up? Yeah. Especially for people that I do know. Yeah. What happened to you? Cause you got in that lobby where yeah. you got in that waiting room and got in your head. And there's also a level of professionalism that you should always have. No one is asking for you to be perfect, but just keep in mind, you are your own business as my professor. God rest her soul from Howard University, Henrietta um, Edmonds would always tell us business show. And I was like, business show. She's like, business show. Business so business show. Business show. Business. Not show oh. business. Business show. Prioritize your business. No matter if you get the part or not, you are leaving an impression on who you are. So please smile. Mm. Introduce yourself mm-hmm. clearly. Come in with positive energy. Yeah. If you make a mistake, I have like made a mistake in an audition and I've done this. I'm sorry. <laughs> can I start again? That's exactly how you would do it too. I can see. And that's what I've done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, oh, hold on. Hi. I messed up. Can I run it back? You know, like be yeah. yourself. I guess that's what they want to see in the, well, I, well, I do want to see in the room because if you're yourself, you can show me all the characters that you can be. Yeah. And if you're being too stiff or you want to, oh, I messed up and I don't want to, I'm not going to start again or I'm not going to, that's on you. Cause all they can say is yes or no. And you can say no. And you're like, oh, okay. And yeah. you can go on, but. And with that, with being yourself, the challenge with that is I need to see your energy. Yes. Because we cast not only for the best uh, person for the role, sometimes it's not even the best person for the role. It's the best person who had the best energy yes. for that space and for that project. Because yes. when we're in the rehearsal hall and we're doing these intense or just funny moments, your energy is key. And if you come mm-hmm. with funky energy, I'm going to go, oh, they were great, but I don't want to work with them. Yes. Because their energy was stank. And boom, that has nothing to do with your talent. And that's nothing my point. Uh, yeah. Hello. You could have all the talent in the world, but if your energy bad, I don't want to work with you. I don't want that energy in my room. Yes. So again, it's about the director and what yeah. they, their vision that they see. So get out of your head. Get good energy when you go in the room. And let's get these this book, these shows. Let's, let's get yeah. these rules. And you have to be phony with that. Like, if you're not a person who's, like, always energetic, don't try and put that on. Somebody, yeah. Settle into who you are, walk in and go, hi, or hi. And then, and then it is our that. job hey, to either pull that out, yeah. that shyness out of you. But don't don't be phony, but don't yeah, be, be your authentic self. Authentic self. We want be to see your that energy. Self. I don't want to see hi. I don't want to see that. Don't well, audition for me like that. Who you are, because there are some people who are a little bit of a. Yeah, the reserve. They are reserved. Yeah. So then, can we go into the next part yeah, of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Self tape for theater. Oh. Repeat. Theater. Wait a minute, we didn't know about like audition kit. Huh? What to wear. Oh, I'm sorry. Rewind. Run it back. You know, just run it back a little bit because I think when it comes to auditions and you've been called in, mm-hmm. my challenge when I was auditioning was that they would always ask for a headshot. Headshots mm-hmm. are expensive. 
Do they show up? And so I think I don't ask for a headshot unless I have never seen you, right? If I've seen you somewhere down the line or you email the digital version of your headshot, that works for me. I think when companies ask for, please bring a headshot. I'm going to say, please check an email. You know, I was like, please, can, can the digital one I sent you suffice? Like, ask that question, especially if you don't have a lot, right? Because these things are cheap. Also, I think if you do bring your headshot, please, by the love that is, <laughs> look like your headshot. Your headshot. Don't you to love? some degree. It should be yes. like, if, if on your headshot, you, you're, if you're male, male identifying, and you've grown a beard, and your headshot doesn't have a beard, that's okay, right? That's But as long as that beard isn't like all white and oh. that headshot was taken 40 years ago <laughs> it's just look like your headshot to some degree and that will help and your resume needs to be updated with information and most recent shows like if some if it's something you did 40 years ago you probably don't need to have it i'm checking for that right. theater companies um update your system so we could just email you our headshots it, yes. it ain't cheap it ain't that easy. i ain't gonna lie i've been printing out a headshot since like 2010 first of all when we were supposed to be printing out headshots i would always be like oh i forgot it <laughs> <laughs> oh i can, forgot can it. i email it to you yeah can i email it to you because yeah. that is not cheap it's, it's not not only like god forgive me but i'm gonna be really transparent really honest right now I like just threw out like six headshots in oh, my no. trunk yesterday. Like of your from, own? No, like shows that people have done oh, for me. Oh, yeah. And then I don't need them anymore. And I was like, oh my God, like this is somebody's money. Yeah. Um, and they, they're, they're old, get granted, yeah. they're old. Um, but, but one of them I kept because I was like, oh, I forgot about this person. <laughs> yeah. So you sitting in my back seat. But anyway. <laughs> but they were in that trunk. But they were in that trunk. And I was, and I, as an actor, I was like, oh my God, look how wasteful this is. Because once I got through with that show, I was like, what am I going to do with this? And my wife cannot stand for me to keep all this paperwork in our house from show to show script yeah. the script yeah all this like additional paperwork so i was like oh let me throw this out and i was like oh my gosh how many of my pictures and how much money or me like running to target before an audition or walgreens, or walgreens trying to print these out five dollar pictures yeah. and they end up in somebody's trunk like yeah, two years sucks. later it's frustrating be- so mm-hmm. um theater companies go ahead and update your programs if you want to um, learn more about that inbox me i have some options for you um, yeah. so that you can have a program that you can people can just email their your headshots and resumes because yeah. bringing yeah. that in is played out and we should ask that question like do you really need a physical headshot or can I email it to you yeah because, because it's not it, cheap it's not cheap the photo shoot already is expensive it is oh my god tell and then they don't they, 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 they will tell you these Bay Area people are not printing out headshots they're like they here's your file yes. have a good day yeah. and, <laughs> so yeah uh uh everything technology has improved great. it has improved so. thanks be to god hallelujah uh, so yeah. that was the headshot resume <laughs> And then we have a little tip on what to wear or what not to wear. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is wear something that's comfortable. Yeah. And something that's not too revealing. Like, let's say you have to kneel. Let's say the audition requires you to, to kneel or squat. Like, become, wear something that is... That you can move that in. That you can move in. And mm-hmm. that doesn't, like, show, you know... Your, your business. Your business. <laughs> so, it, it's, just, it's just that case. And I know I... I'm going to be real transparent Well, it depends on which role you play. Because right, you might so, want to show your business. So, well, I... <laughs> I had a show I did in Seattle and a young actor, you know, he wore tight jeans. Uh-oh. And but it it played in his favor because I was like, it got my attention. I oh. bet it did. I remembered who he was. 
but he was also good. Okay. okay. He got your attention for right. the right reason. Right. Got he it. was okay. good. And Not then I think going, oh God, those jeans are really distracting. Yeah. I'm going to keep it real. I'm a, I'm a man of a certain age and I see things. And I'm like, but, but think about that when it comes to showing up in the room. Mm. Because if you are someone who leans into your sexuality uh-huh. to get attention, yeah. it can sometimes be detriment. Because if you have two casting directors in a room, it might appease one, one and not but the it other. may be the other one that goes, I didn't like, like that mm-hmm. at all. So just, just be cognizant of how you're showing up in the space. Right. Can I be petty for two seconds? Yes, yeah. that's what we're here okay. for. So were you directing the show? Yes. You think he didn't come in with them jeans on purpose? Oh, no, he did. I know he did. <laughs> I, but that's what I'm saying. I know he did. Oh, okay, cool. Like, cool. I'm like, over he, now. He, he, he knew I was a gay man. <laughs> and right. he wore those jeans. And I was like, that's an interesting choice to wear. And this is in Seattle. And, mm-hmm. he, and he he was a younger, younger actor. And I was like, because mm-hmm. he wore the same jeans to callbacks. Oh, Well, then he had a washer. No. He said, <laughs> callbacks was like a week later. So. Okay. Again. Moving on from my penny. <laughs> All right. So really quickly, we're going to talk about self-tape, but specifically for theater. Because it's something different for film, and we're not going into that. So expecta- expectations versus reality. Your self-tape skills. You don't need to be like the best videographer or anything. Use what you have. Right? I hate them. I hate them too. But we all have to do it. And simple is best. Because they have expectations and then there's reality. So it can be a little bit intimidating when you're like, oh, well, now I got to go buy me a green screen. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go get all these expensive lights. I got to get me a special microphone. You don't have to do all of that. Just use your iPhone. Aaron Not everyone art. has an iPhone. Oh, sorry. It's, I, I kind of live in Samsung has the best camera. Moving on. Moving off from that. To, uh, <laughs> but I, I hate self-taping. I yeah, hate it. I hate too. it. I hate it. And I'm the type that I don't even want to edit it. Like, I want to do it one time and, yeah. like, send it. Because I'm so critical of myself. And it's really hard for me to self-tape and then watch it and then not want to do it, like, a hundred thousand more no, times. That's true. So, I really struck My truth. I don't know how you guys mm-hmm. feel out there, but as... <laughs> Even this long in a game, self tape is not my my yeah, my me, jam, me and I can't I can't because I'm a, I know that I'm an in person person. I know that about me. Here's what a suggestion. Yeah, when it comes on, to self taping for theater, mm-hmm. that I, I I feel might be a good tool to use mm-hmm. is set up the camera mm-hmm. and put a picture of someone that you're talking to. Oh, in front of the camera, and behind, like, the behind the camera, uh-huh. and so and then that way you're talking to someone and then. Before you even hit record, before you even do the step tape, run over that scene so many times that it's like kind of part of you as much as yeah. possible. And then get in front of the camera, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. and dive in and talk to something. And they will give you directions. Don't talk to the camera. Yeah, let yeah. your focus focus be somewhere. Else. Get those instructions in advance. Where do you want my focus to be? And they go. Okay, I want your focus to be at the camera. Yeah. Where I want your focus to be just right or left of the camera. Mm-hmm. And that's key because a lot of folks don't get that. No, I ain't never detail. seen that. They just say, send a video. And it's really important it. because like, you don't know okay, yeah. where Shia And that's part of the anxiety. Yeah. Because you don't know where to look. But if they ask those questions, yeah. where do you want my focus? Do you want it waist up or do you want knee up or do you want full body? Mm. Because we as casting folks have to be really clear on what we want because then we'll get a self tape and then we'll tear you all apart. But like, oh, did we give them instructions? 
Probably no, not. So don't, ju- so don't judge me. So get get the instruction of how you how they want that self tape. Let the background be simple and clear, mm-hmm. not distracting. Yeah. Simple. So my curtains are distracting. My yeah. couch and my curtains is distracting. Your couches. Yeah. How is the couches just sitting there? But 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 have so, a. So uh, I don't have a blank wall in my like, house. So there's now like, what? There's funny things that you can do. Also, with my bathroom like, walls ain't blank. Well, what is on your wall, right? As long as it's not like you. You want to know? Oh, like it, it just needs to be a clear background because if I'm watching your self tape and all of a sudden something in your self tape says something like a, a word and I go, oh, there's that. I've now been pulled out of it. Well, you gotta focus. I, I mean, I am not. I'm not a videographer, and that's not yeah, my skill. My right. skill is being in front of the in, in front of the. And I'm Anonymous, just that. Yeah. Yeah. I literally missed out on several opportunities because it said self tape, and I was like, not doing that. Yeah, no, I'm I like, hear if you. I can't. I'm, that's just bring your ass to my house i'm not i'm not saying that y'all should do that and i'm I'm just telling i'm being very transparent about me and where reasons why i haven't done or auditioned for things is because i hate self-taping because i'm I'm just really really not good at it i mean i'm good at playing in front of the instagram and making those kind of videos but when it really talks about going into my craft and like I'm so flustered by having to do all the other stuff. By the time I get to recording, I'm like, the lights up, the fuse up, I got the outfit on, and then I'm like, Ugh. and then the dark, the dog, then the dog in the barks, barks, or somebody the phone damn ring, or the the, the, the store plans, or something, just something stupid, and I have to start mm-hmm. all over again. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather wait till they gonna have in person auditions. I'll drive wherever or go up back there for back and forth for them not to tell me that I got the role or nothing. But anyway, well, I will say this: I think that you theater companies are a little bit more understanding and they know that you yeah. live a real life. We just went through the pandemic, so they're yeah. not expecting for you to give them like some uh, perfection. We're not looking you for know, perfection. they're not looking for that. But just try Effort. your best. Yeah. yeah, simple. Effort. If you have to do it five thousand times, you're probably overdoing it. Just keep yes. it simple. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're looking for it. effort. We're looking for effort. Yeah. Like if, if I, if you set yourself in the midst of your child's playroom <laughs> with everything all over the floor, that means mm. the baby went to sleep in the living room. That's the only place I got to get this video <laughs> recorded. Do you want to see me perform or not? And if you worried about the toys in my background, you worried about the wrong thing, or I didn't do a good enough job. Be- well, there's that. Well, be flawless and incredible. And do your best. Yeah, do so, your best. Just still up for just discussion. do your damn best. Do your best. Do your darndest. <laughs> um, so you don't need a green screen. Nah, bro. Just decent lighting, so you're not in shadow. Yeah, memorize if possible. Maybe. But if you're going to read, have a teleprompter of something that <laughs> scrolls the script so that you are able to really dive into that audition. I yeah. feel like if y'all would have seen my setup, like at home, I had a chair, I had four like Jordan boxes, my laptop, the 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 lights, then I had the script on my, like, it was just, it's just so much of a like, you needed just two tedious. of those things. Three it those just things. was yeah. so much and I just got, I was yeah. like, you know what, I'm not doing this. I'm not yeah. doing Understandable. this. We will help you. All right, amen. Blessings to more bookings because Rage is going to start doing self tape. (laughs) And I have clear walls in my house that I can hook you up. Amen. Amen again. (laughs) All right. Over? Are we over self tape now? Because I'm over it. You were over it a long time ago. (laughs) We know. We heard you. (laughs) A long time ago. So we wanted to talk about. Our culture, yeah, the culture of theater, Mm -hmm. but also the culture of uh, black culture Mm -hmm. and how it shows up in theater and other other areas of entertainment and art. And so, one of those is the color. 
We cannot talk about the color purple, y'all. Right. We wasn't gonna let it pass. That was what we all was going to look at. Listen, this is creatively shaped up. Black person's point of view, okay? So we had to talk about <laughs> the color purple. Um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. All right. So we know that there are several iterations of the color purple. Mm-hmm. There is the book. Okay. Then there was the movie that was done in 1982. 85. Mm-hmm. Oh, 85? I'm sorry. 85 it. 85. Uh-huh. Then there were several. The first uh, Broadway. The first Broadway musical. 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then there was a revival. The revival. Yes. Now, the first Broadway musical, they let it go and every all, all theaters could do it after the first one. Before the revival yeah, came. Yeah, because it went on And tour. they snatched it up again. And they snatched and then it they, back. They snatched it back the for the revival. Right. So mm-hmm. it has not been released for theaters to do since the first time. Meaning, we haven't been able to do the revivals, correct? So the revival I've went on the tour. Revi- I've seen the revival on tour. On tour, but it has not... After it came out the first time, it has not been released to theater. I mean, to theaters to do mm-hmm. since the first time. Right? To touch. I don't know, because you did it... On- I did it... I did not the revival no, the version, revival. the first version. The original mm-hmm. yeah. musical. But I have not seen anyone else do the revival version except for the folks on tour. And I may be incorrect, but I'm just I just yeah. wanted to say that out loud. Yeah. And then we have the movie. The new, the new musical. Movie musical. Movie, yeah. y'all. <laughs> y'all cut up. Y'all really cut up out there. Um, well, the, I will say this for the people. Mm, come on, now, people. let me tell you what they did. Mm-hmm. You know the people down there in marketing? They didn't really want to let you know that it was a musical adaptation. They didn't want to tell you that because they had fear that people wouldn't show up. So they kind of like showed you bits and pieces of it, thinking that that would hook you in. And so then you're thinking, if you have no affiliation with like singing on, you know, on the stage, you're thinking that you're going coming into a new version of the theatrical release that came out in the movies. That's if you don't know nothing about but would, paying attention. But would you because- say that? I don't... I don't know if they did that intentionally. Well, I think it was a. I would think it was a misstep. Okay. I would say they misstepped in, in thinking that people knew about the musical version of it. People did know about the musical version. That musical version went around the country two it times did, and sold but, out. But not many. Well, not many folks. Remember, theaters kind of. That's what we talk about growing the audience, right? Okay. And so, not many folks probably thought, "Oh, that's what I want to go see," and then they may have thought. Oh, and not everyone's into musicals, right? Okay. So it's it's fine. I don't think they. I, I want to give them a, a little bit of grace. I don't. I think they just misstepped in the promotion of this new movie uh-huh. version because it should have said the color purple, a movie musical, or the color purple the musical because the mm-hmm. Broadway play did that. It said the color purple the musical, and I think had it said the musical in in the. In the title. In the title. Or it would have been clear because mm-hmm. to your point, a lot of audience members assumed it was just a remake of the original 1985 <laughs> film. And it was not. It was a uh, version, a movie version of, of the, the Broadway show. First Broadway show. the first show. Broadway show. And so I think that's where it got a little muddled. So I Yeah, because, well, okay, I'm going to push back a little bit too because there is an idea that musical uh, musicals don't do well in theater. So there's there's that conversation that's also kind right. of happening out there. And musicals are sometimes unfairly associated with the certain groups of people. So it's like, oh, only women like them or certain, you know, particular genders only like them. You know, it's not going to do well. So there's that kind of also going into that. So I hear what you're saying, but I do think that it was couched in this, 
let's see how we can finesse it in a way that will draw people in. I can see that. So, well, you gonna draw people in no matter what when you yeah, say the color, it's the color purple. Yeah, like the color purple is for our culture, and whenever you say that, even when it was done in theaters, I don't know if you guys ever saw it when <clears throat> commu- when community theaters were doing it, it still was selling out because of the title of the. the right. Our and community, it was, good. it was good. It was, yeah. the yes, it was really good. I think that the um, the original Broadway production of it was written very well. Um, I think that it all tied together, and I think it was one of my favorite it's, shows. It's, before. it's my, like one of two of my favorite musicals. Yeah, yeah, it's really really good. And so I I personally was super excited about seeing the movie. As was um, I. As was I. We um, all were. But I will also say that I had an opportunity to see the musical revival Me on too. Broadway, mm-hmm. and that was in 2016. And this is when it had the pared down stage mm-hmm. with the chairs. Yes. Yeah. And it was incredible. I really, I, I really loved it. I love what I saw on Broadway. Now, mm-hmm. I can't speak you to You saw it on Broadway? Yes. The revival? Yes. Okay. It okay. was incredible. So with Cynthia. With Cynthia Rebo, with Jennifer Hudson, um, and Danielle Brooks. I okay. saw that. Awesome. When I, I tell you it was good. that was beautiful. My only thing was I kind of felt like Jennifer Hudson, she just kind of stood and sang. But overall, I really, really loved it. I really had a beautiful experience at the Broadway musical. So, I, so I, do you think that it trans here? I'm gonna just go jump it. on in it. Do we think that it 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 transferred to movie well, the musical version? I think for me, it was hard. No. I, like I, I watched, I watched it right, and I was like, there were some moments I was like, oh, cool. But I think when, even when they initially, when they voiced the casting, I was like, hmm. It's like some folks are like, going, oh, I'm looking forward to see what they do with it, right? It's like I know this is a source of for you, but I was excited to see how Taraji P Henson was going to do show, yeah. right? Because the Broadway musical. <laughs> I love, mm-hmm. I love, um, oh, Mendez is her name. Elizabeth Mendez, I think. Loved her, right? And then I saw YouTube snippets of Heather Headley doing the show mm. in the revival. And baby, Child. it was amazing. And so I was looking forward to that. The other ones I was a little like, okay, show me what you got. But as I watched the, mu- the movie musical, mm-hmm. I was entertained. Mm-hmm. But I was also a little like, oh, that was an interesting choice. Well, that was some of it was the direction yeah. of how some of it took what was large scale on the, the original Broadway version, kind of got minimized. Yeah, and something got cut short. And what I what was a challenge for me was it was Suge's arc of her faith and her sexuality. Yes. I think the movie musical took the, there's a song too beautiful for words. What was that? That they made a. Re- a, a record that she recorded as opposed to it being part of dialogue that she shares with Celia. Yes. Spoiler, sorry. And so... Child, if y'all ain't seen it, y'all ain't seen it. And so it, it took out the connection between her faith and her sexuality mm-hmm. that is Suge. And she introduces the color purple to, to Celia. Mm-hmm. And that got kind of removed yeah. from the movie musical. And so that part was kind of for me like, oh... You just—that's a vital part of that story, it and so for me, it just—it just—it didn't do what I wanted. It, it was entertaining. I enjoyed what I watched. It did. It's not for me, right? It's—it's it's not for my generation. It's for a it different ain't for generation. Mine either. So. I, I think the biggest disappointing part for me—I I, wait. Let me start with positivity. 
I enjoyed it. I felt joy. Um, I love seeing black bodies. I love seeing them perform. I think um, it being directed and led by, uh, you know, black people. I think that was beautiful. That I will leave that there. Now, when it gets into theater and more more into like how I feel about the, sh- the movie, I think I was most disappointed in Mister's mm-hmm. um, storyline. Yeah. His transition to me didn't seem real, but they completely took out one of the biggest songs that Mister sings. And I will just say, when I did it, Anthony Jackson played Mister, and he sung the house I know down. He did. I what know song it. is that? <laughs> oh no, Miss Silly's Blues. Miss Silly's Blues. But no, he, curse. Oh, the curse. Oh. Missy's curse. But so he goes through this whole like transition. And to me, it showed him wanting to like change his life and wanting to be positive for Zeely and seeing how bad he had been. And I don't feel like I saw that. I feel like it went too fast in the movie. So it didn't, didn't really make me believe it. Um, th- and I also feel like there was great names that they used. We all, all a lot of people are fans of Taraji. I respect it, but I just feel like if you were going to take the musical and put it on a movie, I wanted to see musical people that really are in theater that really do this and are given the opportunity to show what musical theater is about Uh and not somebody who has to be trained to be in that space. Well, she did study musical theater in college. uh, Okay. Well... Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not a Taraji fan. Everybody get mad. Boo! Everybody's mad. I'm okay, not I'm mad. not a Taraji fan. My personal, my personal yeah. view of Taraji is that her characters all seem the same. They seem to have the same energy, and I don't see it fluctuating. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. And so, did she do a good job? Was I entertained? Yes. Did was I moved? Like we said, her arc and all of that—that that didn't do anything for me. And I really like to get the nitty gritty. And I thought that the the first movie gets down deep into it, and I get it. it. Ooh, it's Lord. it gets into the darkness, and I feel like we're we're. I understand we all want joy right now. I know we need it. I know, I know we need it. But the reason why our joy feels so good is because it comes from Absolutely. being in such dark places, and preach. we know how to rise. And Let so, if preach. you're taking and you, I feel like you kind of made our darkness very soft mm-hmm. and, and not really make and then the joy didn't seem as powerful earn, because earn, you earn. didn't yeah. earn it yeah. and so that's again I enjoyed the choreography baby I mean the choreography was good. all in the mic I'm clapping but all inside the mic because the choreography sometimes was distracting it I was, was distracting me. not distracting in a bad way but damn they are breaking it down and I love the choreography she did a great job I cannot remember where her name is from Fatima is from Broadway so that's all of her choreography made it was incredible choreography to me. it told the story it told it was a story and I feel like I feel like I got more of the story and the choreography than I did okay. from those scripts I can hear that alright well here's my opinion All right. so I did I agree with you, and I agree with you. I had feelings about it. I enjoyed it. But, baby, let me tell you something. When I'm conflicted about something, I'm going to pull out the source. Oh, oh, she went to the book on him. Oh, you got a bookmark and everything. Not just thinking. I got tabs. (laughs) I got tabs up in here. We're going to learn today. We're going to learn, baby. We're going to learn the way in. So, I want to go back to what you said earlier when you said that you felt like there wasn't a the scope and the grandness of the story was not there and it's so true if you haven't read read this book pick it up Mm. we all know that books have the opportunity to delve deeper in Mm -hmm. ways that movies Mm -hmm. will never be able to do Mm -hmm. however your uh, responsibility to bringing a book 
to the screen is to make sure that you honor the original text, even if it is a different iteration. And that's totally fine. Now, when you got money, well, that's why I don't love it. That's your responsibility. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. But so let me tell you this. There's a lot of things that were quite different in the, in the book. The relationship of Suge Avery. Suge Avery was a complex, beautiful, incredible person in the book. It also shows how Celie herself, everything that she went through, it was glossed over to me in the, in this newer version. Yeah. I did not like that. I did not like that. And the relationship, we see a journey in this book. So mm-hmm. Celie really develops a relationship with Harpo. Did y'all, did you see yeah. that in the book? No. Nope. You mean the movie? Movie. Yes. Thank you. She develops a relationship with Harpo. She develops a relationship with Mr. Mm-hmm. She develops relationships with all types of people in the community. And you know what? They're um, Squeak. And Sophia too. Yes. And Squeak. Squeak too. Yeah. She did something. The reason why Sophia was able to get out of jail was because so of Squeak. And Squeak mm-hmm. offered herself up in a way that she was violated. Mm, and that's mm, why she became the mayor, uh, the mayor's maid, not because they just released her. There's so much in this book that goes so much deeper. And then the scope, you get to learn the relationship. So it's like you're moving through time in a way that's more fluid in the book. Mm-hmm. And we know that you cannot put everything in the book. But when I tell you, in the movie, yeah. I got tabs. It was definitely just the relationship. It just seems so fast. Like, I, I wouldn't have minded to sit in the theater for three hours. Give me three hours. Was no it problem. Titanic three hours? Yeah, I, I just feel like they were rushing. Like, like they didn't want to dig. Where is the weight of this? It just felt like, un, it just felt sur- like surface level. Yeah, and another thing that I also want to speak to, because people love to talk about this. I'm going to tell you something. In this Jones life girl. that we live, there is no way that you can censor yourself from life. All of the facets that life have. It's going to happen. We as black people, specifically black Americans in who were in this country. Great USA. USA. There is no way that we do not operate within the context of our history every single day. So I hear people when they say, I'm tired of seeing black trauma on film. I'm tired of seeing sadness. You cannot get out of it because it is a part of your life. I understand that you want to go to the the movies. I want understand you want to go to the theater to see, you know, your relief, but a part of the relief is to look inward. Mm. To come, come out. on, come on. I'm, I'm just gonna keep it all the come way real because then they go into in depth detail about Nettie's experience in Africa, and it was intense to listen to the racism, the colonialism, to all the different abuse, the taking of the village, the pillaging of the people, right? The different ways you that read, even you know, uh, Nettie herself and the attitude that black Americans of that time had about Africans and vice versa. So they're so They still got much- it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I know, but I'm specifically speaking to this. So I'm going to tell you, baby, it was it's don't deeper give than me that. no yeah. sugar-coated ass movie. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry. I need a fan. 
Chad, I liked well, it. She I was moved. I shed a couple of tears. <laughs> no, yeah, again, it was beautiful. Seeing black art is always beautiful, and I think that we are uh, as theater artists because I also was well, I performed the color purple, so I have feelings connected to that, and I think we all do as artists who, who don't get to often see themselves portrayed that in that magnitude. Um, so we wanted to feel um, feel like us, and sometimes. Taking it to the movies takes it away from feeling like us. And this is one more thing that I want to say. One more, one more. Come on, drop it. Celie's mom was alive when all of the abuse was happening Mm. to her. It's funny because I rewatched the 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 1985 movie, and I was like, "Go, um, your mom's got dinner ready." Went, wait a minute, she's She's alive. alive. And it brings a new dynamic to the sexual abuse that was going on. Mm. And it's like, oh. And then she dies, right, though? Yeah, she does. Mm -hmm. She did die. So I only wanted to point that out because that's just an example of how, you know, that is traumatic. We can't even put words to that because we know that there's people who have experienced that. But, yeah, you can't, you can't, you you have to do Alice Walker. You just, you got to do her justice. But I, I, I love seeing black bodies on stage. I love all of that stuff. But just read the book, y'all. Yeah, you'll see. So it's interesting when you so this is the source material for three iterations <laughs> so of stupid. <laughs> this is the source material for three iterations of this book that have been adapted: the nineteen eighty five film, the well, four, the nineteen eighty five film, the original Broadway musical, the Broadway revival, mm-hmm. and now this movie musical. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, we ask, how do those things get made? Right? How do they? How do they get created? So, yeah. The movie happened. The guy thought, oh, this make a good musical. Yeah. How do new works get? Oh. I love that question. So new works, I mean, it's about people supporting them. Like right. somebody wanting to see them. Like they go, they go through a bunch of writing. They go through a bunch of writing rooms um, and musical workshops. So workshops basically happen where the writer writes a bunch of stuff. Um, you send it to a group of people to go, okay, I want you to read this out loud. Mm-hmm. Give me your feelings, your opinions. And that's what a workshop usually is, mm-hmm. right? And then he'll either go back to the writing room or he'll have another workshop where, okay, let's go work on the music now that we've had the dialogue worked on. So they spend another week, two months, depending on what their budget is, they spend time writing the music and rewriting the music, changing lyrics, X, Y, and Z. Then they bring it back and go, okay, you guys read and sing this again. And then it goes, that basically just kind of keeps getting worked on until somebody says, whoever leads says, okay, this is good. So workshops, basically, and then also doing these workshops in front of audiences, smaller audiences, and getting their feedback and how they feel about it, and then going, okay, we got to take this or change this. So it's it's a collaborative experience, I guess. Um, yeah, but what? So what motivates that new work? Right. So it depends on the money. I guess. How do we? So we we read a book like this, mm-hmm. and so someone goes, oh, this would make a great movie. Mm-hmm. So Ava DuVernay. Okay. Has a new movie coming out, Origin. Origin, right? I read the book, and so she read that book, mm-hmm. and she thought, "I can make a movie out of this." Okay. And according to the book, it's very it's really long. It's a, it's a um, nonfiction, uh, nonfiction book. It's very statistical. It's, right. There's no narrative in it. She's literally listing facts. And so Ava saw mm-hmm. a movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so she created it and, and filled it out. So similarly, what 
drives new like a new creation like you see what what is where does the motivation it, come from it like, depends or, on i guess and it depends on the artist i would say like yeah. who, what, when you're moved by something right. and what you're gonna do when you move and you bring up a really good point because i follow um ava on social and she was talking about how the studios didn't want to give her no money to make that movie so she went Surprise. in a different route to fundraise so she did like the non-profits um the, the philanthropic organizations, mm-hmm. they funded this movie. Yeah. Not the traditional studio. So, which means you can't keep going to the same people wanting the same money. Exactly. Point point being taken. You want to so do something new, you got to do a new thing. As we tie this back to theater, mm-hmm. you if you want to do new work or, or you want to have shows that are represent a new way of life and you're worried about your audience, you have to invest in how you change your audience yeah. or who's going to give money to you. Right? Yes. Yeah. You can't just change the, the people on stage or the people behind the scenes. You also have to change the people, the butts that are in the seats. Yeah. Absolutely. And, if, and I would say if you are a creative who's thinking about writing, writing is not easy. Uh-uh. And so it's, it's one of those things. I, I say there's several avenues in which to do. You can t- talk to someone and say, Hey, so Phaedra, I'm thinking about this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know folks kind of like, they want to keep things close to their best, but talking to someone to go, I'm thinking about this. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the story and you go, Oh, that sounds interesting. Run with it. And then as you start to write, create a circle that yeah. of people you trust, trust. who are Absolutely. going to tell you the truth mm-hmm. with kindness, right? Mm-hmm. And so you send them. I had a, a playwright guy send me a script, and unfortunately, I have not had time to actually read it. Yeah. But it's like he wants my feedback as a director. And it's like, and I keep meaning to do it, but that's like you send it to someone, they read it, they go, You got some good stuff here. I will look at A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. Like start off that way with fellow fellow creators, fellow actors yeah. to do that because we do need new works. We do. And then because they say there are no new stories, it's just it's just a different way of telling a story. Right. So like it's just sort of like we've all been through something similar, but it's it's different. So mm-hmm. the stories have all pretty much been told. It's just how we tell them through a different lens right. yeah. and a different, different pers- way, pers- a different perspective. perspective. And so I think we have to figure out when we do those, how do we then connect someone mm-hmm. with a company, with a funder yeah. who is able to do that? And I know we have a, a certain areas in the Bay Area that you can do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm currently writing a show and I, I started with applying to um, San Francisco Bay Area Theater Company's writing program, creative, uh, the Creators Lab. Um, and then once it went there and I had only, like, I literally had maybe it's 15 minute script, um, at the time. And it was performed before an audience. I got feedback. I was, by then I was told, Hey, three girls theater is also doing a writer, writer's cohort. You should submit to that. So I submitted to that. And when I submitted to that, they gave me a dramaturg, they gave me a director and they gave me, um, paid actors and I had a certain amount of time to have a certain amount how much like oh you have six months to work Mm -hmm. on this with this dramaturg and we want to see where you get after six months Mm -hmm. so that happened so basically you're having to network always networking is one of the most important things always keep writing but always looking for new opportunities for your writing um, and putting yourselves around people who want to see you be successful so I got people who I knew to be my dramaturg and to be my director. Um, so basically it, it isn't, I, I've been writing this place since 2020 and baby is nowhere near done. And I, I was like, I used to laugh 
and people would be like, oh, you're writing? Yeah, i just not in the mood to write right now. And I used to be like, that's so silly. And now I'm like, no, I really have to have a ritual. I really have to yeah. like sit well, down and yeah. find space and mm-hmm. feel not like I feel unsafe mm-hmm. anywhere, but I have to feel a safe space in order to write. And sometimes that's months or weeks at a time that I don't want to sit down and write. Yeah. So writing a play can take years because you have to be inspired and and. Why well, I've heard this, writers, 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 writers write. write. And so it's one of those things that they say even if it's. You've got to write something. Yeah. Even if you, you think it's not good. Yeah. It's getting it on the page. On the page. Because otherwise. It gets all jangled. It, it, it's, it's all it's, in it's here. All and in it here. Just... And so yeah. you, yeah. you have so to write. Here. Because the funny thing is, because I, I wrote a play once. And I started writing. And once I started writing, and I wrote by hand. Me too. And it, it just, it flowed out of me. And I think that's what helps stimulate that. So mm. writers write. So figure out a way. To do that and then mm-hmm. connecting with it. Because I think writer's block is true, mm-hmm. but you have to write. Yeah. You, yeah. Have, I mean, you have to write. About it. Yeah, Even if it's journaling and I'm Even trying to get better at it. Yeah. That's one of my that's new year's resolutions to, to write to journal. Like get more yes. of my feelings out, get more of my thoughts out of my head. Yeah. Um, so that I can be like, oh, I remember writing this. Because I did in the middle of doing two years, I would find pages in different places and be like, oh, yeah. That goes right here now. And it's so interesting. Um, But being a writer is definitely hard. I'd rather be on stage. Yes. All right. All right. Um, Before we move into our next topic. My favorite topic. Apologize. If you all are hearing this, my stool squeaks. So if you hear that (laughs) and we haven't taken it out in post, I apologize. (laughs) That ain't me doing that squeaking. It's the stool. All right. Listen, it is time for my favorite part of our show. Your favorite what? My favorite. Favorite part of this show, honey. Center stage shade. Center stage shade. When the when are theater communities? I'm sorry. When theater community? Wait, I can't even get this. When theater in a community is not reaching out to the community. Don't say you call yourself community theater. You got no community in there. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, so I'm gonna speak to this personally. Come on, because... speak to it, Liz. All right, so I performed in something. It was a four day project. I and it was environmentally specific in the Fillmore. The history of the Fillmore is that there were so many beautiful black people. It was Amen. a black community. Okay, it was a show specifically taking place. In the 1950s, it was a specific black story, literally about all of the um, the uh, redlining and people being disposed out of the community, taking out, right? Mm-hmm. It specifically had that. So, when we rehearsed, we didn't rehearse. And then I found an audience. Well, first of all, let me just say this. I didn't know we were forming for an audience. I thought it was a workshop. It was a workshop piece. But anyway, after I got over that, the audience was 99.9% white. That's every theater in the Bay Area. No. What are we talking about? Let me tell you, this was a workshop show. They have the plans, and they still do, to bring this into a full fruition of a show, right? They want to have it fully realized, a fully realized musical. And they were asking for feedback. (laughs) On a black show? The audience. For on a black show. Man. So my problem was, how are you going to have a workshop show in a black community without the black people being there? Even though you have black people on 
the stage. And it's in, it's talking specifically about that community and the black people weren't there. There were a few, maybe like, I saw maybe like three or four. So with that, do you know, um, since you got, you weren't, you weren't on the production side of that, do you know by chance what their outreach was to even theater makers who are black American? Okay, so I will say that this the stage manager had an opportunity to give me an earful of what was kind of going on behind the scenes. And it was a lot of it was a mess. So it all starts with who this is a problem. Like when people are putting on stuff, sometimes they don't give a shit. They don't care. They just like, I have an idea and I want to put it on stage and I'm going to do it. I'm going to fund it because I have money. So that's where a lot of people come from and they don't feel like they're they're not obligated to do the real work. So was your production team white or black? White. Well, there you go. What are we talking about? What we're talking about we're talking is about white people thing. doing a black show for their white audience. That's what we're talking about. Right? Yeah. Okay. So how do we change? Like that, that, that is the shade of it all right Who's there. The play, is the playwright black American? The playwright is black. And so I think, oh, this, this is going <laughs> to probably get me in trouble. We, I, we oh, in trouble already. But I think as a black playwright, even though you want your work out there, you have a responsibility. A responsibility. To make sure when you are, if you're getting funded by a white organization or a white group or a white theater, you have to say, this is how this works. Mm-hmm. This is a black piece. Yeah. How are you going to help this black piece reach the audience the, it needs to it's reach? It's intended for. And what, what steps are you going to take? And if that white company can't answer those questions you pick up your piece and you keep it moving and you keep it moving because we have enough enough black creatives in the bay area yeah. that you can reach out to who will at least guide you to where you need to go or tell you where not to go yeah right so i'm just gonna shout somebody so there's the african-american shakespeare company yeah. Amen. there's sf batco amen there is lorraine hansbury and those companies even if they can't fund you, they they will help you if you're committed to getting your piece to into the to right the, hands. Right, right? Hands. It's just it's just. But that's about the work, and now yeah. and now we have to do the work. Okay, so we had 2020, and everybody got in their feelings about how they was running a theater company. Great. So now you started doing black shows. Now you started putting black people behind the scenes. The work that you forgot to do is how you're getting black bodies into the audience. Yeah. And that means you have to reach into those communities and not reach in, only reaching in to take something out, but reaching in to pour in so they can pour into you too. So how are you pouring into your black communities that you mm-hmm. want to come to your theater? How are you supporting them? How are you helping them do their nonprofit work? And are you only expecting them to come in and show up to see your shows? So that you can say I had a black audience. Yeah. Because yeah. our input is necessary, just like everybody else's. And don't only want us to come out to see the black shows. Yeah. We have opinions on a lot of things. We just like that. you have opinions on our stuff. So, because I was a part of a theater at one time. We did a black show. And then there was a conversation on my second show doing there that was going to be partly black, but more of a racist show. Oh, we should use the the list that we got from the original black show that we did two year, a year ago and get those people to come to this, too. You should be using that list all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Grow your audience. Why are you only using that list when it only applies to black? Don't you want those people in your seats? Don't you want that black show that we did sold out? They always Are you telling do. me that you don't want that sold out audience to keep coming to every part of your season? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And we need white audience members in those shows as well because we want you all to grow and learn too, but we just don't want to be playing to a full house of white folks. Well, no, because Especially when then, it comes to feedback. Well, here, here's where Phaedra gets in trouble. No, because when we have a full audience of white folks, then the black folks do come a trickle of us and then you mistreat us when we get there. Yeah. Oh, You yeah, look at me crazy because I'm laughing loud. Yeah, that's You happened. get mad at me because I, I have, I want to a drink at the bar like you mistreat and so you have to re- you have to really pay attention to what your audience is doing because you're also your audience is also deterring us black folks from coming into it because they don't treat us right when we get there they don't I don't see a theater show like you I'm not supposed to because I'm black hello oh yeah. So there goes it's, our shade because there's so many sides. So many, we, uh, into each other. I, I'm gonna just keep it 100. We went to see a show. I'm gonna talk about it. I don't care it. if I don't care at this point because this theater hasn't even called me back for my two auditions. Oh, so huh. we went to see a show at this theater to support them and and their actors on the stage, and we were told that we got an email. <laughs> that said to arrive early for hot cocoa and free hot cocoa. Okay. <laughs> Free. Come on. Come have a conversation. So we took our black selves over there and said, okay, we're going to participate in this hot cocoa moment. As we arrived, we were told that there was no longer free hot cocoa. Why? Why, we said? Because we arrived on time. They said that their hot cocoa stopped 15 minutes before the show. (laughs) It wasn't even 15 minutes before the show. So then they couldn't explain to us why they couldn't give us free hot cocoa. So I said, you know what? I don't want your damn cocoa. It's fine. So then we decided to talk to the, the what are the manager, the, the house, house manager. manager, just to get an understanding because the lady at the place was giving me energy. And I know that sometimes those are volunteers. And, she, mm-hmm. and that's not what the theater company may have wanted to treat us like, right? So let me talk to somebody who works with the theater company. So I talked to, we talked to the house manager and the house manager goes on and explain why we still couldn't have no free hot cocoa, okay? So, of course, Phaedra comes. We clearly know Phaedra gets a little energy, but I'm still like, you know what? It's all good. She, and the, then she turned around and said, well, I don't want you to be upset. Let me give you a free cup. No, nah, ma'am. I don't want it now because I had to go through all this. Now, by this time, the only three black people that are in the room are us. Everyone in this lobby who came for the free hot cocoa with energy, they're all looking at us now as if we started some shit. Then we proceed to go into the show, a comedy at that, where people should laugh and have a good time. And I laugh. And literally, this time, I didn't even laugh as much as I usually do when I go to a show. But a man continued to turn around and make me feel like I was in the wrong place or that I shouldn't be laughing at the things that were going on on stage or my laugh was too loud. Mm Do I want to go to that theater anymore? Absolutely not. Am I telling my friends and family to go see a show there? Absolutely not. Because you don't know how to treat us in the audience. So don't just do it on stage. Don't just worry about your backstage and people and your onstage people. Worry about how your audience treats your people when they come in a room. And who are those people that you're constantly wanting to do shows for? Yeah. Are they That's kind? Right. Yeah. Half of those people have seen me on stage. I'm sure that, that man that turned around had seen me in three different shows. I'm sure of it. But he don't know me in the audience, and that's what you treated me as, as audience. Excuse me, as audience member. I'm off my um, soapbox, y'all. No, no, but no, I, I like real. that because I think there's. I I've gone to several theater companies' performances now, and in their um, their curtain speech or their overhead speech, they we encourage mm-hmm. audience members to laugh, to be engaged. They 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 are, they are now preempting a lot of that behavior from 
silencing behavior by having their, they're going, we encourage our audience to be, to engage, to da-da-da. So that it's like going, oh, did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear that? It told me. As a matter of fact, I volunteered when I was in Crowns to make the announcement. Because when you're doing Crowns, clearly we did it for a lot of people that weren't of color. Okay. (laughs) Um, They sit there and stare at us. This is a, a soulful show. Yeah. Clap your hands. Stop. Sing along. These are church songs we've all been singing for years. So you've got to make your art. This is supposed to be, we go to see shows to feel good yeah. and to feel an welcome. Experience. And a lot of times I'm still not feeling welcome as a black woman in your theater places. Think Hello. about it. Something to ponder mm. and to grow from mm-hmm. and learn. Moving on with negativity because we're not shame. even playing with y'all. Mm-hmm. I would say negativity. I think it's observation. <laughs> It's negative it's when I go. And think, or the negative experience. Yeah. Negative but that's what we're, we're sharing mm-hmm. hope yeah, that that can change. That's real, yeah. Because that's one of our intentions. So moving on, where we do want you to go see. There's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> going on. 2024 is going to be a really dope uh, year for theater, I think. I think we're going to see some really dope things coming out. Uh-huh. Um, specifically right now, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead of that, is that there is The Wiz opened up, y'all. The Wiz opened up the 17th. We know we um, And I'm so excited about that coming back. It's supposed to be all like new new stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's written, it's rewritten. Wayne mm-hmm. Brady's in it. Um, Deborah Cox is supposed to be singing the house I love down. She's down. Um, so I, and there's some newcomers. Some girl, the girl that's playing Dorothy, apparently, she's a TikTok star. Oh. And they found her on TikTok and she like killed it in the audition. They called her into auditions because they saw her on TikTok. So you never know. You know, you never know. know. Themselves takes my work. <laughs> that is the example of a self tape. Yes, it is. Uh, log in uh, but Come yeah on. so that's supposed to be exciting that runs until February 11th I believe mm-hmm. um, so those are not cheap tickets y'all but it's worth the uh, from what I hear so far it's worth the go yeah so go 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 see it yes. and that's at the Orpheum in San Francisco yes alright um, what else we got Liz B? alright so we have Babes in Homeland oh I'm excited about Babes this one Babes in Homeland playing at Shotgun Players uh, from now until February 4th, it's featuring Tierra Allen, Sundiata Allende, understudy Tajiana Okechukwu. You better say the name. <laughs> Stephanie Johnson Lighton, we love her. And yes. I'm highlighting people who are black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is what, listen to it. Alex Fakayode, sound, Vanessa Hill, stage manner, Jasmine Nalon, Let's costume. Go. And Lee Rondon Davis is the director. Here's a brief synopsis. While attending a predominantly white college, two black students create their own bubble of self-discovery, music and sanctuary, described by playwright Deneen Reynolds Knott, who is also black, as an unabashed love story. It's an exploration of identity, sexuality, and college in the 90s. Playing now. Look for it at shotgunplayers.org. I've actually been proud of Shotgun. Shotgun has been been doing doing a lot of stuff for our culture. So shout out to Shotgun for taking care of us and also making me feel comfortable when I go there. Because I always feel good when I go to Shotgun. And I've only been there twice. I think I've been like four times, but I, but I do know, I just, I haven't been able to go a lot because I'm always 
doing something. And it speaks to because where they are located, they are literally in, in the community. Yeah, they're in the community. They used to be a to black community. church. I said that in one of the previous episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to pay homage so to the foundation. Shout out to Shotgun for using us and taking care of us. Yes. <laughs> um, let's go on to every brilliant thing is happening at Center Rep until January 28th featuring William Thomas Hawks Hodgson. Yes. This is a solo work where the narrator invites the audience to collectively take part, literally, in a surprising and immersive experience that explores the drama of joy and multi-generational relationships. And the links will sometimes go to make those we love happy. And that's at the Lesher Center until January 28th. Yes. And we also have How I Learned What I Learned at Theater Works, directed by Tim Bond, features Stephen Anthony Jones. That had, that opened January 17th, and it runs until February 3rd. Originally performed by August Wilson himself, recounts his early days as a young poet, his first few jobs, encounters with racism, divine connection with music, and the luminosity of love. Theaterworks.org. Yeah. Make sure when you go there, you have your positive energy on. Yes. <laughs> no Aren't you at the marsh from February 10th through March the 2nd, following a five-week run in Berkeley's last spring and a nine-week run in San Francisco's critically acclaimed Aren't You returns to the marsh. Berkeley for a limited run Saturdays at 8 p.m. from February 10th to March 2nd. For tickets, head to themarsh.org 2120 what? Themarsh.org. Yeah, sorry. Your address is at 2120 at Alston Way. There you go. Written and starring Fred Pitts. Yes. We love us some Fred. Go see some Aren't You Young. Yeah. The address is in there just because it's like one block away from downtown Berkeley Barton. So it's pretty, you know, accessible. Barnable. Okay. So then we have Fences at 6th Street Playhouse. uh, Playing now until the 4th. Yeah. And it's directed by Jordan Olivier Verde. Mm. The sixth in August Wilson's 10 cycle play series, The American Century Cycle, explores the heritage and experience of the descendants of Africans in North America. The story begins in 1957 and is about a play, is a play, excuse me, is a play about family, responsibility, love, friendship, and respect composed of richly complex and compelling characters and relationships. Go to 6thStreetPlayhouse.com. I think that's good for what's currently playing and about to open. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also have an inside scoop. Um, The Magic Theater, Lorraine Hansberry Theater, and SF Batco are combining for an audition, for auditions, where you're going to be able to sign up. The um, announcement has not officially gone out yet but auditions will be on uh january the i believe that's the monday january the 29th and signups will be i will be there yours truly will be there watching auditions um but this is an audition for folks of color we're looking for folks (laughs) of color um cba is also holding their auditions right after but because this is a podcast for black folks we just want to say that we are holding auditions um those will those will go out um like i said it's going to happen on the 29th um here it goes. Monday auditions are Monday on the 29th of January from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Appointments to set up an audition, please email auditions at magictheater.org. We'll respond with a time slot within 48 hours. Um, and these contracts, TV, we're looking for our... our 
tier four magic theater is hiring for tier four and then lorraine hansberry is hiring for tier two Um, they're also going to tell you about shows that we're we have coming up all of that is going to be coming out this week so we got the inside scoop on that so black folks go get you signed up to go to this audition okay literally inside yes in addition to that tba is holding their auditions if you don't have a slot it's actually already too late for you to get a slot yeah because they had a lot like 500 people or something like audition yeah and they're holding two days worth of auditions um in berkeley in berkeley Mm -hmm. um and that's from 10 to 5 on the third and the fourth so those of you who got a slot congratulations can't wait to see you at auditions um but yeah let's get out here and get these roles in yeah yes all right, so dun, 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 we're going to close dun, dun, dun. out with something that's really fun and it's really new. First of all, I want to just thank all of y'all. For those of you who we reached out to and you helped us, because we're going to introduce a new segment entitled Into the Shade. Come on, get inside of the Into shade. Into the Shade. <laughs> Into the Shade is a Q&A where you all submit questions that you think. <laughs> Into the Shade. Come on, get inside of the Into shade. Into the Shade. Into the Shade is a Q&A where you all submit questions that you think. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all have some beautiful, thoughtful questions, and we're not going to be able to answer them all in this episode, but stay tuned because we're going to continue to do so and keep sending those questions in. So one of the first questions that we have is, as someone who doesn't have a big background in theater, What's something I should keep a lookout for as I'm auditioning, performing in the theater scene, in the theater scene, in both good ways and bad ways? Uh, One of the things I did when I was auditioning, um, I'll say it for short, when I was auditioning to play Kala in Tarzan, um, I let people go in front of me, like when they were like calling, like doing callbacks and they were reading who wants to you know you know sometimes it's not organized so we're like okay read for i i like to go either second to last or close to last because i like to pay attention to how everybody is portraying the character and then pick and pull things things from them but also (laughs) add my own flavor to it and i ended up getting that role but i know i i know that it's because i slowed down and usually i always jump first like i got it i got it i got Mm -hmm. it but taking some time and like really watching the room and how people, I like even tried to read with the person I felt like was the best um, opposite of me. I tried to work with that person. I tried to go to like just taking observation of the room and making more sense. And how do you see it when you, when you watch a movie, how do you see it? Like, Oh, I like when she does this or that, or they or pay attention to details and bring those details into your audition. I would add read the script. <laughs> If you have the ability and have access to the script, read it. That way, when you have the side, you know what the context is for that side and you're not just winging it. Sometimes companies like to just give you the side to see Mm -hmm. what you do with it, but always ask, Ask can can I get the script and read it? Like, Don't do the Cliff's Notes version because you could be reading the side that has a twist to it. So just if you can if you can get a copy of the script, mm-hmm. read it. The libraries have unless it's an original piece that doesn't have it. Libraries have them. They do. And check it out. Read it. Commit some time. That's part of the craft. That's it part is. of being prepared. It is. So if you're new to the game, that's one aspect. Come in prepared. Getting your headshots done. Uh, getting your resume in order. There's some, many samples of people's that are online that you can 
copy and, and copy the format. Resume, headshot, being prepared with the sides, and print your sides if you can. I know some folks like use a tablet. I think I'm okay with that as long as it doesn't distract from you being able mm-hmm. to do the same. And I would just also quickly add, we are all um, a part of this theater community. It doesn't matter if you've how you came into it. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you were in it. Yeah. yeah. You love what you do. You have faith in yourself. Walk in that truth and everything will work itself out. All right. And bad ways. I would, I say, think of them as constructive ways. Yeah. You're, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Be open to that. Mm-hmm. You're going to do an oops. Be mm-hmm. open to that. The key is learning from it. Absolutely. And growing from it. Should we answer another one? I'll, I'll, I do want to answer number two. Yeah. How do you cope when you don't get a role or have a bad audition experience? One of the things I told my, I had a couple of kids audition for me. I'm directing Shrek Jr. And I had kids audition and one girl just broke down because she like literally broke down in tears because she couldn't get the song. Like she's like, I'm a great singer and I just am having a bad day. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, you don't, you know, one, you don't do that in the audition room. But two, you have to find ways that we're always auditioning. And one of the things that people don't recognize that when you say you're an actor and actress, we're always having to constantly deal with people telling us we're good enough or not good enough. We can be in a show or not be in a show or that people go to interview for a job one time and stay on that job two, three years. We are constantly being in front of people judging us and choosing us three, four, five, six times a year. If not more, depending on what we're doing. So it's really important. You have to learn self-care. You have to learn self-care. You ha- And then if that means after an audition, you go and get an ice cream or you go and do something for yourself. But it really is important about self-care and yeah. knowing how to take care of yourself. And then getting, we said it at the beginning of this, um, this episode, is getting out of your head. Knowing that every role you may not get and knowing that... What will be for you, what is for you will be for you and what isn't, isn't. And so if you don't get that role, know that then there's another door that's swinging open for you Um, and that that's not the door that you're supposed to walk through Mm -hmm. at that time and not taking it personal, but knowing that your journey is taking you another direction. So be thankful that you're able to audition and being in these rooms, but also give yourself grace Mm -hmm. and know that you're not going to always get it and be in finding ways to make yourself happy and wanting to do it again. If it's tearing you down, maybe this isn't for you because you really have to be a strong individual and also have a community network, have friends. Somebody said, I saw um, AJ Mitchell the other day. He saw yesterday. He said he saw origin and he said, after you see this, make sure you do something for self-care or friendship care after you see this you have to take care of your mind you have to take care of your heart and your spirit because you're not going to be able to keep going and auditioning if you can't get through somebody saying they don't want you there's plenty of people that say they didn't want me and I wouldn't be here today if I didn't keep getting up you gotta keep getting up can I add to that so the, you know, the question says how do you cope when you don't get a role or have a bad audition experience a bad audition experience can vary it can be you walk in and don't feel welcome. Mm. You walk in and are giving bad direction, mm. bad, bad corrections. Mm. The thing is, depending on what it is, if it is a bad experience based upon that environment or how someone treated you, talk to someone. Yeah. Because we want to course correct that as soon yes. as possible. So reach out to someone and go, so, and sometimes, <laughs> make it a little dirty, you can post on their Facebook page, like, hey, I came to your audition and I was treated this way. Mm-hmm. And that way they are now on, call them in. Like, mm-hmm. I would like this not to happen to anyone else, right? Or send them an email. Let them know that, that that is not how it should happen. Yeah. The other thing about not getting a role, 
when I was auditioning, I would always tell myself, I don't want the part. Mm. I just want to do the best audition I can. And then that way, it took all the weight off of even trying to, like, who oh, I want that part. I said, oh, well, I can do that part. I can do that part. part. Mm-hmm. Okay, just go in and do your best. Do your best. And then that way, I think that is how you can get out of your head. If you go in with the intent of doing your best audition, when you do your best audition, you walk out that door and you leave you it behind. Leave. Yes. yes. You walk away. Woo, baby. That's the new and the best feeling. Is when you, now you're like, you know what? I'm prepared. I'm going in here and they either love it or leave it. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to give you something yeah. to eat after this. I'm going to go on with my day. It. You don't yeah. hold on to it. You yeah. don't harp on it. Because it ain't not, you can't change it. No. It's done. You walked out of the room. It's over with. So now you either stand on what you did or you go you ask home and get better at what you didn't do yeah. right. The only thing you can control is yourself. Yeah. yeah. And also just remember this, that you are actually working. Like you're in there exercising your craft. Like you are actually uh, sharpening your own skills. So that's another benefit as well. Awesome. So we have one more? Talk to one yeah, more. we do one more. Ooh, I, can I say, how do you go about discussing hair expenses with your theater? Now, this is a big one for black women because oh, I yes. will say a lot of times these community theaters do not care about black women's hair. They I'll say it don't. again in my Kanye voice. These theater companies do not care about black women hair. <laughs> she got all in the mic. No, but for real. And so you have to advocate for yourself. I have you done have it. to say, you know what? You want me to wear my hair? These products cost this much. Here's my receipt. Because if you're not, you gotta, if you're asking someone to do their own hair in their own way, it costs. It costs to do that every day. I might not be wearing my hair like this. I might be wearing braids because that's what's cost effective for me. But you want me to wear my hair straight and down. So I'm that's not in my budget. And you should be budgeting for me as a black woman and my hair. And I also feel like it's an, it's something that you can also say when you're in the audition as well. Like you can ask, like if I'm coming in for a specific role, what are the expectations for my hair? And I've also had to advocate many a time. Now, let me tell you what you're not going to do. You ain't going to put me in no righty wig. No. You're not going to do that. Well, you got to, first of all, you stop getting people who have never worked with black hair working on black hair. Because really, all you're doing is paying for someone to ask me questions that I already know the answers to. So give me the check. Give me the money. And and I think even when you sign the contract or before you sign the contract, you go, so what are the hair expectations? Expectations. Because am I going to have either a stylist? I know that you're not going to have that. Never. But a wig stylist or wig maintenance if you're wearing a wig. What's my uh, damage control? What is it? Care. Yeah. So that I don't uh manage my my own own hair. hair. Yeah. And an experience. I know when I directed a show, I wanted the actor to have a certain look. I paid for her to have that look. Yeah, because that's how my, that's how passionate I am. Baby. That's how passionate I am about when it comes to black yes. hair. And so we have to really be careful because there's been so many shows that I've been in. And I love, it didn't really affect me until I started growing locks. Because most of my um, theater history, I didn't have hair. I wore a fade. So I just plop a wig on my head. But now that I have locks, it's a big deal because I have to figure out how to fit my hair under the locks. Did you get a wig big enough? Did you even measure my head Uh to even see how big it was? Because I might not fit under those wigs. But also communities. There are black women out here doing black hair for theaters. So reach out to them and pay them what they are due because black hair is not cheap. And black hair is just as natural 
as any other ethnicities had here on the internet. Yeah, you're just not familiar with it. That's the problem. Don't yeah, play with time. us. Put in the effort. Put it put all the way in. in the <laughs> but actors, yes, ab- absolutely, you need to advocate for yourselves and yes. your hair Every and, time. and the plan. But as directors, we also need to take in consideration that when we were cast, if you're not a black director and you're casting black women, you need to put into consideration or have a conversation at the top of the show where Ooh. your production, what is our plan for black hair care? And don't tell me you ain't. And I have, that, I have that. I have that conversation with my big person for a doc. Yeah, like, it's not a okay, joke. So I have two black women, three, three black women who need wigs. Mm-hmm. One, we had her braided. Mm-hmm. So, and that was the expense that I took on because I, yeah, I because had, a, I had a, specific a specific thing. thing. But that's the thing is that you want it, they want to see certain things and don't realize how much they cost for yeah. black hair. Yeah. And yeah. you really like, oh, I want to, oh, let me tell you, that braid, that box braids is probably 150. 250. Yeah. There, there you go. Not including the hair. That part, yeah. or the time it takes to sit there. Sit there. Yeah, yes. it's a long. So really time. consider yeah. this when you're starting, and that's and that's another thing is don't not cast us because you can't afford us. Start to make sure you budget in how to take care of us when we get into your location. This is your opportunities to start building mm-hmm. your resources. Yes. Now, now, because we ain't going nowhere. And stop making your costumer and your hair person the last oh. people you hire. Or sometimes it's because then you're worried you're shuffling because you can't find nobody who does black hair, and now all of a sudden you want to use somebody who don't know black hair. No, don't do that. (laughs) You know that was like a full episode, y'all. We can't back. We can't happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are here and so happy to be back with you. So happy. Yes. And uh, I do have a question, and maybe you can post this on IG as well. But today, like our setup. I think we like the bar setup, but like how y'all feeling it, right? Like we couldn't do the other room because it had all, a lot of windows, which had a lot of glare. But I think this seems to speak to who we are a little yeah. bit more. I'm comfortable too because I can lean, and I think that's good. So let us know what you what you feeling, how you feeling, and all that other stuff because. Uh, we are here to stay. Yes, we are. Baby. We ain't going nowhere. No. And uh, we are looking forward to being more involved with you all on social media. You're seeing us out there. I'm so, putting them videos out. Ha- <laughs> working hard. Working hard. We appreciate that. Yes. Appreciate y'all. So holler at us. Don't be shy. You know, we, you know, DM us. Like, go yes. Slides yeah. of DMs. Go, I have a question. Keep and asking the questions. Keep asking questions. Keep telling us where to come see you yes. um, and support you and what you're doing. Um, and tell somebody about us. Share our podcast with somebody who may not be familiar with theater, but they're looking for something to do in the Bay Area. And this Absolutely. could be a way to get them into our community. Um, yeah. Share. Like, like, subscribe on YouTube. If you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, please go down to that review. Type type, type, type a review. Let let us know how you feel. Okay. Also, I wanted to let you know that our incredible editor, James, he is currently out of the country. So in two weeks, we would normally have episode eight, but it's going to be a little bit longer. So stay updated. I will post. Tell me I will post when we will shoot uh, and release episode eight. We will be out in the community seeing shows, so you will hear and see from us for sure yeah. during that time. Yes, there are lots going on. So we appreciate you for hanging in with us. Right. All Stay right. Stay creatively shaded. Stay black. Stay All fabulous, fierce, and focused.